welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valliere and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Financial Planet. As always, I'm your host, David Valliere, and today... We are joined by Mark Burns. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks, David. So, Mark, what I, we've been talking with our listeners um, and some of our team members about collaborating with other advisors like tax attorneys and, and tax advisors, state planning attorneys, et cetera. Today, I wanted to talk about something that's really kind of near and dear to our hearts for those of us that live in Florida. We call it Florida domicile. But really, I, I want to start the conversation with, you know, sort of around how, you know, not just Florida domicile, but any domicile can affect your or impact your financial plan. So maybe add some color just to that thought, and then we'll kind of take it from there. Sure, David. As you know, we take a planning process with all of our clients. Internally, we call this a uh, critical financial event. And this happens and transpires when individuals are looking to change locations for either you know a job change, a lifestyle change, or retirement. And it's a very important part of the process. And so we are always with our clients. We look at what the base case is with their plan. And then uh, we're able to overlay and say, what if you made this change uh, from one domiciled state to another and changing the residency? So consequently, we, along with uh, clients, attorneys and accountants, have become very well skilled at helping our clients navigate this process. Yeah, and for listeners, I mean, just what Mark said there, one of the reasons that, that we've tied this into our collaboration series is, you know, this is a big consideration for clients. You know, and on that note, kind of looking at this conversation and thinking about the states that are growing in population and why, and then those that are declining in population. And as we're doing our research and looking at the states that are growing, it's there are more Southern states, Nevada, Texas, Arizona, and certainly Florida. Mark, some of the states that you've seen clients moving from, you want to share some of those? Oh, sure. I think the uh, yeah, the main states that are losing uh, their population are you know, the uh, northeastern states, uh, high taxes, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, um, Pennsylvania, and so forth. We're also seeing a bit of change from the Midwest, uh, Michigan, Illinois, and whatnot. And then, of course, you have California. We have a slew of clients on the West Coast that are revisiting their lifestyle choices in the California areas in favor of, you know, other states like uh, Nevada, Texas, Arizona, Florida, Tennessee are some of the top states that we are effectively seeing uh, major changes to. Yeah. And, and just thinking about this, I've uh, internally, I've, I've kind of looked at Florida residency, Florida domicile for our firm for a while, but just stepping back from it and thinking about the why why are more people moving south? Obviously, we've got this baby boomer generation. More and more of them are retiring or selling their businesses. But that's kind of, from my perspective, it's kind of an aside to the why, which is really, we're looking for warmer weather. It's now with technology, 
with air conditioning, it's far more available to have a moderate climate all year round. Maybe talk about your experience with Michigan and Florida and and how more and more people are are kind of taking advantage of north and south weather throughout the year. Using our family as as an example and really what I had learned over the years working with our clients is uh, it gets into business sales, it gets into retirement, pre-retirement, and everything else that you talked about. One of the things that was glaring for me as a young advisor and now matriculating to sort of a middle-aged advisor, listening to our clients who are 10 to 15 to 20 years ahead of us in age and some of the regrets that they have. We've observed clients say, geez, uh, I wish I could have done this earlier, worked down in warmer weather or out west in Arizona. A lot of our Illinois clients may go out there instead of coming south and everything else. So I I sort of created this uh, probabilities methodology. And one simple analogy of that is the weather in Florida or Arizona is going to probably be better if you want warm weather and sunshine and blue skies than Michigan or Illinois or the Northeast in the winter months, okay? So pretty simple and straightforward. And you also have to observe that there's certain parts of the South that are not necessarily in that camp. So we looked at changes. We looked in the uh, Georgia area, Savannah. We looked in uh, Northern Florida and found the weather in, uh, you know, South East and Southwest Florida is probably going to be nicer than the middle or the upper part of the states or other states north of there. Okay. So go by that probabilities methodology. Okay. So that's really what it gets down to. The other aspect that we uh, noticed is uh, it's heavily driven by community and it's a, your community could be driven by the uh, friends that you associate with or family members and where they're located. So we Notice that a lot of our friends and really our clients in our case had migrated to, you know, the Southwest Florida area. And so that to us became very, very important is to be able to see our same friends that our kids have grown up with, their parents and friends in our neighborhood and so forth. And, and there's a high probability that they're going to end up more and more in uh, certain areas that we ended up moving to. And then that's what happened in our case, not to mention the fact that we moved into a community that now we have a vast network of friendships that from people from all over the country and all over the world from moving you know, into the Florida area, that has been a tremendous plus for our social and other type of sporting activities that we enjoy. So those are the types of things that why people are moving is they're looking for a better work-life balance or looking for more activities or looking for a community. And they're looking, you know, in addition to the higher probability of that nice weather that I just mentioned. Yeah. And then not to mention, so now you want to kind of transition directly to Florida and we've mentioned some other warmer States, but because we have offices in Florida, Michigan, Illinois, but really talking about Florida residency today, I do want to kind of dovetail the conversation into talking about, Beyond the social aspects, beyond the weather, which, by the way, are, are fantastic, there's also, also some real advantages to becoming a Florida resident that are worth considering, certainly from a financial planning and tax planning standpoint. 
One of those is that Florida doesn't collect an individual income tax. You want to talk to us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, the a lot of the states that we mentioned where people are leaving, they derive their revenue from either income tax, state income tax, local income tax, and or property taxes. Florida derives the revenue from property taxes, uh, which they have a limit on if you're a Florida resident from an annual increase standpoint. But the majority of their taxes are either sales or resort-oriented taxes. A little bit different because of the nature of the lifestyle and the type of living is a different experience than some of the uh, northern states. So it's a different source of revenue on the income tax uh, side of the equation. And, And they also just try to make it very appealing from the property tax benefits. They have other items like asset protection benefits that certain certain uh, number of our clients in uh, certain high-risk uh, professions and so forth could take advantage of. And then, uh, of course, you have, then you also have another, you know, aspect of uh, the estate planning side of the equation. Yeah. So, all right. So we've got no individual income, state income tax. You know, something else that I talk to folks a lot about that is really appealing, and it's kind of a two-edged sword. They recognize the benefit really only comes to them after they've passed on. But there is, Florida doesn't collect a state death tax. And for listeners, at first blush, that might sound like, well, there's there's federal tax. I'm under the federal tax limitation, or I have my federal tax figured out. But maybe talk about how state death tax works, because I think that's really important for listeners to understand. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of state that in the past, and then they've you know started to phase some of this uh, out over time. That there are some state tax death revenues in certain states, and effectively, the the key difference there is when the uh, parents pass away, they end up being under not just the federal estate tax, but they also find that there's certain inheritance and transfer taxes that they may or may not be aware of, and so what. As an FYI, part of the planning process on some of the tools that we illustrate with our clients is is the state and inheritance tax laws are all picked up in our planning tools so we can see what is that potential cost. So that's one thing is for transparency purposes where we say, hey, if you're living in ABC state and we then take a look and say, here's the federal uh, state tax picture, but then we overlay and start drilling into the state tax uh, picture to see what that impact is. And it's not really to... It's, it, you need to start with a base of understand where you are today, then to take a look at other states like in Florida, where the Constitution prohibits an imposition of a state tax, so they won't be making that change uh, you know, anytime soon. So it can save thousands and potentially in very large estates millions of dollars. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think it'd probably be appropriate in a, in a future version of this conversation, which I fully intend to bring to the podcast, to bring in some additional professionals and maybe share some stories on how they've been able to protect their clients or how they've seen clients maybe fall into that trap. So I think that's a conversation that that's worth expanding on. But something else that, you know, I, I often talk to people moving here, they're trying to understand what are the asset protection benefits 
Florida does offer a number of asset protection, very friendly to to those moving here. Can you maybe talk to our listeners a little bit about some of the asset protection that comes into play? Sure, sure. It's very important and could be a creditor situation. It could be a lawsuit that you don't expect. And this is one of the, again, areas that we compare, you know, here's what your current situation is versus others. And as we get into the property casualty side of the equation to protect people from losing their asset in the event of something happening. So one of the other items in Florida that's a big benefit is uh, from an asset protection is they have a homestead creditor protection program. They have a tenancy uh, by the entirety for real property and personal property. There's a protection of cash value of life insurance and IRAs and annuities, and also protection from uh, properly structured business entities. So what this this effectively means is that if you feel you want extra protection over and above the potential umbrella policies and so forth from property casualty, there are some action steps to go through with the qualified attorneys working in these areas to to, uh, to help facilitate and make sure you have that added protection in Florida laws. Uh, there are certain nuances that are different that you may experience from other states. And you need to be aware of that. Yeah. And, and it is really interesting as, as we kind of get under the hood with, with different clients and understand kind of their worldview and where they've come from. And you, you start to understand that states really are very different in this area from state to state. So it's, it's definitely worth pulling people in with some expertise. I do want to talk about those expertise here in a second, but may, you touched briefly on this, but talk to me a little bit about some of the property tax benefits for a primary resident. And I do think there's enough there that it probably warrants a deeper dive in a, in a separate conversation, but give me some highlights there if you don't mind. Sure, sure. You know, normally our clients end up having a uh, property north and property south. They sort of have uh, sort of a, uh, we call it a baby step move to keep what they have and take a look at what they could have. And then there's uh, normally a time frame to make that move into a change of residency. So that's one thing that our listeners need to be aware of is that you don't have, this is not a one and done, let's do it and be done with it type thing. This is a evaluate, evaluate it closely with your plan and make sure it makes sense. And one of the first areas that people look at is in addition to, do I, am I going to be in Florida or the other state long enough or really out of their current state that, you know, has the tax imposition is their homestead uh, residence. In our case in Michigan, if you homestead in Michigan, uh, you're taxed at a lesser rate than non-homestead. And so you basically lose a lower property tax benefit by moving into into Florida, okay? You know, so in addition to the asset protection, you, you have that to, uh, to consider. The other thing is in Florida, there's certain exemptions and changes that occur with, you know, school district taxes and certain exemptions and whatnot in uh, that side of the equation. And Florida has a, a limit of a lower of 3% for the change of the consumer price index where the property taxes could increase uh, over time. So that helps to offset that homestead exemption that you are losing in your state you're leaving potentially. And it can be a big deal over time, especially since property values in Florida 
have historically had steady increases of three to four to five percent. And so your property taxes are capped. So that's another thing to keep in mind from that perspective. Yeah, and it, it's a really good point. And, and I do think there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to homestead exemption, res, residency in Florida. I do think that, like I said, I, I, I want to do a deeper dive on that for our listeners so they can understand that. And for listeners, if you do have questions, please send them to me. You know, in advance, you can always reach out at hello at synergycapitalsolutions.com. If you have questions, this is the topic that we're uh, going to be bringing up again with some other folks on the line, and we'd like to get those questions in advance. One last question for today for you, Mark, just talking about, you know, as, as, we, as we think about folks matriculating south, selling their business, retiring, whatever that might be, really support and infrastructure follows them. So maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, your personal journey as, as a wealth strategist, but also why are there some of the top wealth advisors, tax advisors, state planning attorneys down here? I think we're going on our 11th or 12th year in Florida. And there is a, from our perspective, it uh, it occurred right about the time that we hit that empty nester time of life. And the other was the observation that a lot of our clients who are 10 to 15 to 20 years uh, older were starting to uh, move into Florida. So that opened our eyes a bit. And uh, where, you know, many years ago, the majority of our clients resided in Michigan. And now we have about a third to 40% of our clients are are in Michigan and the rest are outside of the state of Michigan. So we moved uh, from a location of Michigan to our office in Florida, our office in Chicago, plus our virtual method that we have from our advisory and support team that our clients are now nationwide. And so Florida is an example, and some of the other firms have also recognized the same thing where, you know, we're finding more and more estate planning attorneys who are down in uh, Florida, and that's their specialty. One comes to mind where he came from New Jersey as a young uh, attorney, and he said, I was I was uh, walking through the parking lot with snow and rain dripping on my shoulders. And he goes, boy, this is, uh, you know, the weather is just uh, horrendous. And he ended up, you know, next month, he said, I'm moving to Sarasota. And he built a phenomenal estate planning practice in that area instead early on in his life. So, and because of that, it's not just the individuals, it's the retire and everything else. It's some of the practitioners, you know, certainly have made the change. So in my case, it was a, a dual effect of, you know, having a better work-life balance, in addition to the ability to uh, continue to do what uh, I love to do, which is work with our clients and families, you know, with uh, life changes. And that's a big, big uh, part of it. And that's why we continue to collaborate with some of these great strategists, uh, whether they're in the North or South. And in actuality, we're finding a lot of the practitioners have uh, also mimicked and have a North-South scenario where, you know, we have attorneys who are barred in Illinois, Michigan, and Florida, and also in New York, Connecticut, and Florida. And uh, we're finding that's another uptick in the estate planning and transfer process 
that is an incredibly helpful uh, because their kids may still be in the northern states, but they're in the southern states. And because we have these professionals you know, along with ourselves who are helping to navigate through the estate planning and transfer process over time, that we benefit from helping the family overall by building out our skill sets nationally rather than the, uh, one state at a time. Yeah, it makes sense. And you know, something you said there that made me reflect on a story, you're talking about people coming down and appreciating the weather. I was talking to a gentleman at one point and he was getting ready, he was moving his business. He had made his decision to bring his family, bring his business south. And he said, well, how did you come to this conclusion? And he said, well, I drove down and every couple of hundred miles, I'd stick my arm out the window and say, nope, not warm enough yet. <laughs> and he kept heading south until it was warm enough. And that's how he made his decision. But, you know, hopefully we can help listeners make more informed decisions than that from a strategic standpoint. What I'm thinking here is I'd like to bring, you know, either an attorney on or a tax professional on and do a deeper dive, as I mentioned earlier, on, on uh, homestead exemptions, some of the legal ramifications behind that and, and understanding the nuts and bolts behind it. But for listeners, if you do have questions in advance of the next podcast on this topic, please reach out. Hello at SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. Lots going on with Florida Domicile. Uh, interestingly enough, I moved to Florida in about 220, let's see, 2000, about 2000, 2001. And at that time, the population was right around, uh, the population of the state of Florida was right around 12 million. Uh, today, it sits just over 20 million. I uh, was just reading an, an article uh, this week that the projections are by 2030, Florida population will be hovering around 26 million. So about a thousand people a day are moving to Florida. That's not my sales pitch for Florida, but it is, you know, a growing state. And there's some reasons why uh, some of those we covered today. And, and we'll go into in our next conversation, like I said, a deeper dive on homestead exemptions, some other reasons to consider Florida domicile, and then uh, walk you through a checklist. So if you do have questions in advance of that podcast, please reach out to us. Once again, hello at SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. Or you can reach us on our website, which is also where this podcast uh, lives at, excuse me, SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. And uh, for our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love having you on, love sharing the variety of, of topics that we've been able to share thus far. Please subscribe and share with your friends. Thanks so much. I'm your host, David Valliere, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet, the Synergize Your Capital podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk. And there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. 
The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisors before establishing a retirement plan.